Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season one. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Savanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 7, The Fourth Sister. It originally aired on November 18, 1998, and had 6.39 million viewers. Okay, so this episode starts out with a young girl in her bedroom around an altar. She's very, like, goth-looking, maybe emo. She has, like, this lips this dark lipstick on and makeup um and she starts summoning someone named Callie this being who appears in her mirror in like this bright blue light um she shows up and says I'm here Aviva so we find out the girl's name is Aviva and Aviva says it's been over a week and she's done everything that Callie's asked following the Halliwell sisters around and everything And Callie tells her that she has to be patient and trust her, and that she has to make them want her as much as she wants them. Aviva says she talked to her mom today, and that she thinks she's doing better, and that she misses her. Callie gives her this power through the mirror, and Aviva, and and she tells her that Aviva can only use it, as Callie says, because it's a sacred power. And then once she gets it, Callie tells her that she needs to go to the sisters and Aviva leaves. And uh, when when she leaves, Callie turns into this, like, dark, demonic figure in the mirror. Like, the bright blue turns into this, like, fiery red and her eyes change. And that's the end of that scene. Yeah. So one thing I took note of was when Aviva leaves the room, she leaves all the candles lit. That is not no. fire safety. <laughs> Talk about fire safety. This whole episode is a fire hazard. Literally, literally. <laughs> but I mean, um, just to kind of, you know, go beyond that little thing. Some things I'm picking up on this scene, kind of like you said, like when I described Aviva, I was like 90s goth girl trademark. Like that's exactly yeah. what she is. <laughs> Pretty much. She says some things in this episode that I'm like, oh, oh, you are so... We'll get to those, but, like, it's just such, like, the typical goth thing that people make fun of, and it's, like, why'd they try so hard to make her come across this way? Yeah, they were definitely building her into, like, a very specific stereotype, Uh but I kind of like her. We'll talk more about that as we see more of her character developing throughout the episode. Yeah. So, let's go to the next scene. So, we're at the manor. And Leo is inside the fireplace. He's looking for Kit. And as he's doing this, Piper is sitting on the couch and, like, very blatantly just, like, staring at his ass. And that's when Phoebe comes in and she says, my Santa, you've changed, which disgusting (laughs) line. But um, so she's doing the exact same thing that Piper's doing. And as he kind of comes out of the 
fireplace. Piper asks him if he's hungry and offers him some food. And that's when Phoebe says, that's just Piper. She has to be everyone's mom. Think of her as your mom. I know I do. <laughs> so we kind of see this little thing where they both are interested in Leo. That's when Leo takes the flyers about Kit being missing and he's going to go hang them up around town and then he'll come back. As he leaves, they're like talking more about what a great ass he has, saying it's the best in the state and what have you. And then Piper says, I saw him first. Phoebe says, uh-uh. And Piper says, uh-huh. <laughs> so we have this little back and forth between them there in that scene. I love the way you just read that. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't make, like, noises. I this is something I know like about that. myself. <laughs> Like, if I try to make, like, a sound effect, like, it just doesn't come out right. So I just read through it Honestly, as monotone up yeah. as possible. Honestly, I was, like, not looking forward to having to read that scene. Because I feel like there's just so much that, like, I don't want to have to, like, repeat the back and forth. So that's why when you're like, do you want to start? I was like, yeah, I'll do the first scene. <laughs> <laughs> you can take care of that one. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Honestly, I feel like I could never, I don't know, like, this sibling rivalry that you see between, like, when they like the same guy, that's never happened to me before. And I can't even imagine. Like, I feel like that'd be so weird. I'd never see someone my sister was interested in or talking to, and I'd be like, oh, like, I'm, I'm gonna go after that now. But... Yeah, no, definitely not. I feel like for me, like, if I had, like, a friend or a sibling or whoever, like, I knew that they liked someone, I would never be interested in that person. Like, it would just be gross to me. Like, there's been a couple times where, like, a friend has been, like, dating someone and I was like, oh, like, they're kind of cute. I get along with them. But I've never been like, you know what? I actually am interested in this person now. Let me yeah. just step on in there. No, exactly. Me neither. Like, yeah, I could find them cute. And, like, maybe I'll be a little hurt. I'll be like, ah, they you know, they got to him first, but, like, okay, whatever, like, that's it, then it shuts down in my brain, like, end of story, I don't want that person anymore. <laughs> no, literally, um, and the other thing I'll just point out, because I know we pointed to it in Dead Man Dating, is when Piper says that she saw Leo first, if we recall, in Leo's first scene, it is Phoebe who takes interest in Leo first. Ooh, wow. So that's why she was like, uh uh. <laughs> mm -hmm. That so Phoebe was actually not lying here in that scene. All right. Well, let's see how it turned. Let's see who gets him. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> Can't wait to find out. So after that, we cut to Leo outside putting out flyers for Kit. And he walks past Viva, who's sitting in her car, just kind of watching him put up the flyers. And he walks past her, and she turns around with the and looks at the sign, the, the flyer, and lights it on fire with her mind. And that's pretty much all that happens there. Yeah, and then she does this kind of, like, weird smile after. Yeah, she does a lot of these, like, weird little, like, smirks 
kind of thing. That, yeah. But I guess that was just her testing out the new power that Callie had given her. So after that, they go to the intro music, and then we go back to the manor, and Piper is in the kitchen kind of cooking for Leo and pouring him some milk, and she sets up this whole little plate for him and brings it out to him. He says, thanks, and she's like, (laughs) just don't call me mom because of that (laughs) mom comment that Phoebe had made earlier. And then Phoebe and Prue walk downstairs, and they're talking about how to get her and Andy back on track. And Phoebe's like, all you need is one hot night. And then Prue says, oh, wait, I'm sorry. They see Piper and Leo standing there, and Phoebe starts kind of flirting with Leo right in front of Piper to obviously just kind of annoy her. It's like this weird little rivalry they have going on. And Prue notices this and is like, Phoebe, can you come with me to the kitchen, please? And takes her to the kitchen and says that she thinks that Piper really likes Leo. And Phoebe's like, okay, what's your point? And she says, never mind, classic Phoebe. And Phoebe's like, wait a minute, define that. And gets all upset and is like, we're going to be old and you're still going to be talking to me about Roger. I never touched him. And then Piper comes in the room and Phoebe's like, Piper, am I a boyfriend thief? And she's like, totally. (laughs) 100% you are. And Phoebe's like, aside from Roger who, Piper brings up this classmate from eighth grade, Billy Wilson, and says that she kissed him at homecoming. And then they just kind of banter back and forth a little bit. And Prue says that she'll let them figure this out and says, remember, I get the house tonight. Just me and Andy, no sisters, no warlocks. And then she leaves. Piper says to Phoebe, you know, it's not like either one of us has a problem finding guys. So if one of us did get Leo, it would be fine with the other. And Phoebe says, absolutely. And then they are kind of like, well, you know, this is going to be war. And that's the end of that one. (laughs) Yeah. So a couple things I want to talk about in this scene. Um, One thing, when we go back to the first little section where... Phoebe and Prue come down. This is the first time where something related to witchcraft like kind of accidentally gets mentioned in front of Leo and we'll see that happen a few more times throughout the episode. And then also when we go into the scene where they're talking about that boy Billy Wilson that apparently Phoebe stole. So I'm assuming that if this was at the homecoming dance Phoebe was the one who was in eighth grade right? Now, Piper is three years older than Phoebe, according to what's been established in the show. So why was an 11th grader kissing an 8th grader? Like, that's the concerning thing. It's not that Phoebe stole her boyfriend. It's that an 11th grader was talking to an 8th grader. I didn't even think about that. Not to mention, (laughs) maybe maybe it's because of the breasts that Piper said she's always had. (laughs) I can't believe that. Ew, that's gross. I didn't even think about that. And it is gross. And it even makes like all those like breast comments even more gross. Because when you think about it, like a lot of times like young girls who like develop younger are blamed for older men being attracted to them when it's the older men who are disgusting, not the girls who have like more mature bodies. Yeah, exactly. Kind of disgusting. Yeah, so not a fan of that moment. I think once again, 
I didn't double check who the writers were of these episode, but considering that scene, I'm going to assume that they are men. You know what would be even worse? If Piper was the one who was in eighth grade with this Billy and Pru- or Phoebe was, what, fifth grade? Yeah. But I'm well, assuming... I guess we don't know. Well, I'm assuming it was... Phoebe, that was in eighth grade only because she says it was a homecoming dance, and I feel like that's a high school thing, not a middle school thing. Oh, oh, yeah. You're right, you're right. But either ways, like, less gross, I guess, but still very, very inappropriate for any younger listeners who might be listening in. If you're in the eighth grade and a guy in 11th grade is trying to talk to you, there is something very wrong with him, and be very wary. Um, if you're under the age of 20 and someone has more than a one to two year age gap with you, it's really not appropriate. Um, you guys are in very different stages in your life and don't let them tell you that they like you because you're mature for their age. They are just very immature for their age and girls their own age can recognize what is wrong with them. And that's why they have to chase after younger girls. Okay. Go off, Jess. (laughs) Don't hold back. (laughs) Oh, I won't. I have strong opinions about that kind of thing because it's just beyond disgusting. I know you do. I know how much it bugs you. (laughs) You've mentioned it once or twice before. (laughs) Well, after that, you want to keep going? Yeah, so then we cut back to Aviva in her bedroom. She's laying on her bed writing in her diary. Her Aunt Jackie kind of barges into the room, and Aviva's like, you said this was my room, and Jackie says that it's her apartment, and Aviva says, so you keep reminding me. She then tells Jackie that she's mad that she hasn't reached out to her mom and called her. We find out here that Aviva's mom is in rehab, and Jackie is kind of blaming her and saying that she made her own bad choices and she has to live with him and Aviva says she's sick that's all it's nothing to be ashamed of and Jackie leaves the room I think this is actually a really healthy portrayal of addiction for this time period I think you know kind of in present terms we are much more likely to talk about addiction as an illness whereas opposed to you know 20 plus years ago when this was being made it was more uh people having kind of like Jackie's opinion about it where it's like well you're an addict because you made these bad choices in life as opposed to you know it actually being a illness that is something that you have to work really hard to overcome because addiction isn't just based on behavior but based on the actual chemistry of your brain and psychology and those types of things as well right exactly And I think it also shows here because um, of how much older Jackie is than Aviva. Aviva has that fresher mindset and is almost kind of able to look at it more like that. On top of the fact that, you know, that's her mom and she's probably looking for a reason to, you know, she loves her. So she's trying harder to understand it. Meanwhile, Aunt Jackie still has that. I mean, she's, she looks older here. So she obviously still has that mindset of like, you know, oh, this is something that you did this to yourself, you know? Addiction isn't an illness. It's a problem that you have. So, yeah. Yeah. After that, 
we cut to this video store, and Andy and Prue are there trying to pick out a movie to watch them for, you know, the night. And they're kind of struggling to find one, and a guy who works there comes up and says that he's a professional and that he can help them find a movie, and he goes and looks for a movie for them. And then Andy says, it doesn't matter what we pick anyways, we'll never get around to watching it. Prue takes this as a sexual joke and is like, ooh, pretty cocky. And he's like, actually, I meant something always seems to come up and get in our way. And Prue says that, you know, that's not true and there's always a perfectly good explanation. Andy says there's never a good explanation. Mostly there's not even an explanation at all. And Prue is like, okay, you and me tonight, nothing will get in our way. And I do mean nothing, guaranteed. Like, <laughs> really promises him that. And Andy says, I'll hold you to that. And they kiss. And then the guy comes back to them and gives them this movie called Body Heat. And they say, they'll take it. Yeah, so I'll just say that when you say they kissed, they were low-key making out in this store. Um, a little much for such a public forum, but go off i guess i mean i didn't like describe it as you know intense as it was but there was a lot of heat in that scene so they like i was like ready to see them like have sex right there in the middle of the video story like they were (laughs) they were ready to go at it (laughs) and i was like oh lord thank god this guy came over Yeah, definitely. And I think that's more of what we were talking about in episode one of just like the natural chemistry between the two actors. I think it plays really well on a lot of their scenes in the screen together, but especially in a moment like this, even just the way they look at each other before the kiss, like it's very, it's very romantic and it's very like playful and like kind of like sexy and cute. And I just like, I think that's the way that everyone wants their love interest to look at them. I love it. That's the way, yeah, that's exactly how you want to be looked at and how you want to feel about someone else. And you can see it just based on the, like, you you can feel the passion between them and the love between them just based on the way they look at each other. And even though they're not always, you know, talking about it like that, even when they have, like, stupid little silly banters and they just, like, have this these flirty moments it's so cute because you can see there's something there you know and I think they do a really great job at acting that out I don't know if it's just like like you said natural chemistry or if they're just really good like could you imagine if they just like absolutely hated each other in real life well I've actually (laughs) heard like that actually makes your chemistry read better on scene like when actors are playing romantic interests and they're dating in real life because they're so comfortable around each other, their on-screen chemistry seems to make them come across more like siblings than like lovers, just because they're so naturally comfortable around each other. But when you hate someone because it's such a strong emotion, those like looks and that those like extra attempts to try to like the person that you're supposed to like actually make your chemistry read much stronger on screen. Well, I guess I guess you're right. I never thought about it like that. That makes sense, though, that it would work like that. So maybe they do. Maybe they just really didn't like each other. <laughs> and that's why this played so well. Yeah, that might actually be something I look into. But, you know, it could also just be that they're both good at their job and they yeah. get along well. They even could just be, like, good friends offset who kind of are able to play off each other really well. 
Yeah, true. Definitely. I mean, I'm sure that's probably what it was, but all in all, this was a very cute scene. A little a little gross for public, but, you know, it was a cute scene. <laughs> yeah. And I know, like, as far as actors on the show who've dated each other, like, I know that Alyssa Milano and Brian Cross, who plays uh, Leo, they dated for a while in real life. And so did Shannon Darty and Julian McMahon, who plays Cole, who we'll meet later in the show. But we could talk more what? about that off air. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, that just like ruined my whole like image. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll talk. We could talk about that later, but wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So then we return to Aviva's bedroom. She's sitting in front of the mirror and she's summoning Callie once again. They're having this conversation and eventually Callie tells her that they don't understand our way of magic. You're going to have to do these things. Aviva says that she'll show them and she seems very like interested to get to meet them right away. Callie then goes on to say that you're going to need to gain their trust. That's when the closet door opens and we see that Kit is in the closet. Callie says that if she brings their cat back to them, that'll help her gain their trust. And Aviva leaves with Kit. Yeah, I feel like in these scenes, it's kind of hard to describe it because you you have to kind of see the the consistent emotion that Aviva portrays in this episode. But you can tell pretty much right off the bat and anytime she's talking to Callie, how much she really is just craving some attention and some love and some care and happiness in her life. It's a very like, I mean, as much as they're trying to make it as stereotypical as possible, you can see the emotion and it, it just kind of shows like how easy it can be to prey on these vulnerable people like this. Like Aviva is doing what Callie says because she wants to feel good again. She wants to be happy and have people in her life. It's not, it's not like she's an evil person, you know, she's just a kid and it really can be that easy to just fall for someone's manipulation like that yeah I think they show a really good job of or do a really good job of showing her kind of like loneliness and desperation for some type of connection I mean we know that her mom's been taken from her and sent to rehab she doesn't have a good relationship with her aunt who she's staying with and it doesn't seem like she has many friends or other people in her life who she can really rely on and so kind of having this mentor, which that she thinks Callie is, I think is something where she's very open to that manipulation because she just wants someone to love her and treat her like she's special. And that is something that she is receiving from Callie that she's not receiving anywhere else. Yeah, which makes it easier for her to be willing to do things for Callie. Like we'll see later in the episode when she's willing to do quite a lot to gain these people in her life. And it's it's sad because I mean, I know it's just, you know, show with witches, but it's the type of thing, these type of situations that can actually happen to someone, you know, and make someone do, basically ruin their lives just to, just to feel that connection and not feel lonely anymore because they have someone that's finally guiding them and finally there for them, or at least they're convinced of that. Okay, so... After that, we go back to the manor, and Piper is in there, and she's dressed up 
pretty cute in like a skirt and a little cardigan and she's like peeking around the corner to see Leo there and she walks over to him and is like oh are you about done for the day because he's painting the um what are those called panels like the um yeah kind of like the the edge work of the door yeah so he's painting those and she he's like yeah just about and she says that Prue has a date so they kind of all have to clear out of the house and she was thinking about catching a movie if he wants to come join her and he kind of is not paying attention to that doesn't really reply to her but says something else so he's like I can't do it talking about the thing he's painting and she's like oh okay And then he says that these panels are original to the house and that they should be redone and taken care of, not covered in paint. And then he says that he has some stain samples that he can show them tomorrow. And Piper tells him that he should bring them to the restaurant, you know, tomorrow at lunchtime. And he says, okay, so what time is that movie? And then the doorbell rings, and Phoebe says she's got it, and she opens the door to Aviva holding Kit, um, and gets really happy, and she's like, oh, where did you find her? And Aviva says that she just kind of saw one of the flyers, and there she was. And then she's kind of just, like, walking into the house, like, inviting herself in and looking around a little weird, and Phoebe just kind of shuts the door behind her. Piper comes in and takes the cat and says, you know, oh, you must be starving. And Aviva says that she fed her. And Phoebe's kind of like, wait a minute, I thought you just found her. And Aviva was like, oh, I I meant like a couple hours ago I found her. So she's a little suspicious. And then Leo turns to Piper and says that he should clean up before the movie. And Phoebe's like, movie? What movie? And asks if she can tag along. And Leo's like, yeah, sure. Which obviously annoys Piper. And then Aviva's kind of like, why are you guys going out? You just got your cat back, because she wants them to stay. And Piper says she's going to go grab her purse for money for Aviva, but Aviva says she doesn't want any money. And that's when Prue walks in with Andy and is shocked, because all these people are still in the house, and they were supposed to be gone. And Phoebe tells her that this girl just found their cat, and Prue goes to offer her money as well. And Aviva says that she doesn't want a reward. She needs to talk to them about Wicca. And the sisters kind of, like, freak out and are like, oh, my God, because Andy and Leo are both there. And Prue sends Andy to go talk to Leo for a little. And then the girls go up to Aviva and kind of send her, try to send her out of the house. And Aviva says she's not leaving and that she's one of them. And she goes to kind of use her power to blow up this popcorn that's in Andy's hand, and Piper freezes it before it can fully explode, but Aviva doesn't freeze, and she's like, oh, cool power, and the girls are pretty confused, and Prue just kind of keeps trying to kick her out, and Aviva starts getting annoyed with Prue and doesn't want to leave, and so she burns the movie that's in Prue's hand uh, and walks out of the house all smug with that smile again. And then that's when the boys unfreeze and the popcorn explode and they, they're like, oh, where'd, the, where'd that girl go? And Prue says that she just left. And that's the end of that scene. Pretty hectic. <laughs> yeah, so one thing I see here is, one, we know that there's kind of this alternative motive based on the conversations we've seen so far with Callie. 
But I think even when Aviva's like, you know, I'm one of you, I just want us to be friends, I want to talk to you, I understand their hesitancy, but she is being very genuine, and it's hard that they don't want to give her any type of chance. Like, it would have been one thing if they were like, oh, we have something to do tonight, but maybe we can all meet tomorrow somewhere public and talk about this, as opposed to being so quick to kind of throw her out and not believe her right and i mean i'm sure i i get that they would have these trust issues and prue is that very strong like you know everyone needs to like like she feels the need to protect everyone and gives everyone like kind of doubts everyone a little bit isn't isn't what what am i saying she doesn't have an easy time trusting people so it's understandable, but at the same time, another thing that doesn't really make too much sense to me is, like, if they're, like, she just saw Piper use her power, you know? She froze time, and they're, like, sending her away, but if you guys are so concerned about being exposed, wouldn't you want to, like, not let some stranger just walk out after seeing something like that? And wouldn't you want to, like, and then Prue kind of continues on the next day and doesn't really want anything to do with Aviva. And it's like, okay, but this person came into your life, has magic as well. You don't know if she's evil. You don't know if she's coming to attack you. Don't you want to, like, cover all your bases before you just, like, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, because even if she is evil, I mean, what are the odds that she's working alone and she's not going to go tell whoever her evil partners are that now she knows for sure that this is the Charmed Ones and this is where they live and we can all go find them now. Exactly. Like, if she's evil, aren't you concerned that she might be coming after you guys? Shooing her away is not going to be enough. That's never stopped an evil being before. But, I don't know. Yeah. So that didn't make too much sense to me, but I guess it was just because of their panicky state of minds. Yeah, I mean, part of it might be, you know, like you said, so much is going on in that scene and they're so worried about, you know, Leo and Andy being there, which is why, you know, to me, it was like, it would have made sense to be like, this is something we can talk about tomorrow, come back then, as opposed to just leave now and never come back. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So then we go back to Aviva's room. She's very upset. She's talking to Callie in the mirror. She says, why won't they accept me? And Callie asks if it was Prue that sent her away and says to avoid her because she's the strongest. She mentions that Aviva must separate them. Together they're charmed, impenetrable, and that Phoebe will want to share witchcraft with her if that's the sister that she approaches and kind of keeps trying to talk to. We see that Aviva, what she's really looking for here is a family in witchcraft. So that's what she really wants from the sisters. And then she asks Callie, I'm assuming for the first time, what it is that Callie gets out of this situation. Like Callie's given her these powers. She's introducing to her this family, her to this family. What does Callie get? And Callie says, Hallowell magic is old and powerful. I want it. And since they're young and new to the craft, if I'm ever going to get it, it has to be now, through you. Make Phoebe covet your power, then we'll both get what we want. Right here, Aviva, maybe you should have picked up on a red flag or two. (laughs) But clearly you're just trying to look for the best in Callie to you know, get this family that you so desperately want. 
Yeah. And part of it makes me wonder, and I guess, again, it is because Callie's been taking care of her. But I wonder how, you know, the sisters would have reacted if she said, you know, there's this witch that I'm in contact with who's telling me to come after you and telling me all these things and that she wants your magic. Because I think maybe, I mean, I can't say for sure, obviously, but maybe hearing that would bring the sisters to her side quicker than her just trying to infiltrate Phoebe and push her away from Prue. Right. I'm assuming that it probably is, you know, in her mind, because she already built this trust with Callie, and Callie has convinced her so hard that if she does exactly what she says, it will work out in the end the way that she wants it to. So, you know, she's not going to be so easy to just give it up, but I think that if she had, then this definitely would have been much more smooth sailing, you know, they would have trusted her a lot quicker from the start because and also like they would have seen right through Callie right away you know because Aviva's just this young girl easily manipulated but Callie's showing all these signs of what she wants like if someone's sitting there telling you hey go after these people steal their cat and convince them like this and that then it's like okay you know maybe this person is not good for you (laughs) just the thought Yeah, and I I think you're right. I think when you're, one, when you're young, and two, when you're just kind of so desperate for that connection, you are more likely to trust people, even if their motivations aren't as pure as your own. Right, exactly. So then we cut to the next morning, and Prue is on the phone with Andy, and she's having to explain to him why she once again had to kick him out. And Andy says that it's kind of like a broken record and that he just wants a normal date. Is that too much to ask for? And Prue says that they should try again tonight, same time, same place. And he says, okay. And then Prue walks into the laundry room and starts doing her laundry. And Piper and Phoebe come in and they're like, okay, we just finished dodging Leo's questions about her. That was close. Uh, And Prue says, the question is, who is she? And... Prue's very quick to kind of judge her in this moment, while Phoebe's kind of like, well, let's not forget she brought back our cat, and, you know, she's she might not be evil, and they're kind of just talking about who Aviva could be, and then Prue is kind of like, why are you so quick to defend her, and Phoebe's like, why are you so quick to condemn her? And Piper says that if she is a good witch, then it might be kind of cool to have someone else to talk to about it. And Prue says, but they don't know anything about them. And Phoebe kind of keeps defending Aviva and is like, well, she tried to tell us about herself, but you kicked her out. And Phoebe's like, well, she's just a kid. And if she's a witch, then she probably feels just as alone as we do. And Prue says that they should just steer clear until they know who she really is. And then Piper and Prue leave for work. And Phoebe gets a phone call and picks up, and it's Aviva. So I feel like here you can see kind of a lot of what I was saying before about how Prue is just not easy. Like, you know, it's not easy for her to trust people right away, and she kind of she kind of looks at every option before she lets someone in. 
and Phoebe's a lot more easygoing and free-spirited and even Callie was able to recognize like Phoebe's the one that you should get to because she could relate to you the most. Yeah, definitely. And I think we're seeing a lot of those personality traits that we've been seeing throughout the season with each of the sisters. So we see Prue kind of having these strong stances, being very in control and wanting her sisters to kind of follow along with what she's saying. We see Phoebe kind of expressing her own opinion and being independent and being more open and trusting to this new connection. And of course, to something that's going to bring her closer to magic, which we already know she's the sister who feels most connected to it and most connected to learning more about it. And then of course, we see Piper in that middle sibling role playing sort of both sides and saying that, yeah, we shouldn't trust her right away, but if she is a good witch, it would be nice to have someone else who we can talk to about these things and who we can grow with. Right, exactly. We, we definitely see all their personality traits a lot in this scene right here, as we have been the past couple of episodes. So then we're at a high school, Phoebe's outside, and she kind of walks up to this fence, and Aviva's inside the fence and comes over to her. They're talking a little bit. She's like, I'm glad you reached out, all this stuff. And then she's like, when does school get out? And Aviva says, now, and climbs out of the fence. And at first, Phoebe's kind of like, what are you doing? And Aviva's like, I'm sure you've done the same thing hundreds of times. And they kind of laugh about it, and they're bonding. And then Aviva says, hey, you didn't tell your bitch sister about this, did you? (laughs) And Phoebe's like, watch your mouth. Prue had every right to be upset about what you did. And Aviva says, funny that you knew I was talking about Prue, not Piper. (laughs) And she says, let's go for a ride. I'll answer all your questions and tell you everything you want to know when we do that. That scene cracked me up. <laughs> the way she she did she didn't hold back. She just came right out and said that. You didn't tell your bitch sister about this. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the fact that she knew she was talking about Prue and not Piper, I was like, damn, she got you there, Phoebe. <laughs> I just couldn't imagine I'm having a conversation with someone I barely know, and they're just like. You didn't tell your bitch sister Mia about that. <laughs> I know, right? Like your bitch sister Jess. I would have been like, who the fuck are you talking about my sister like that? Literally. <laughs> that that was funny though. She's Aviva's bold for that. You don't that's not something you just say to someone like that right away. Yeah, and I think that it kind of goes back to how, you know. Callie was mentioning like cause this rift between the sisters and I think Aviva as you know this teenage girl she's like let me pull up some drama between them because that's how you separate them not really understanding kind of that family connection and how deep it's really gonna run yeah exactly because these I mean as much as they they do have those surface level issues amongst each other there's a connection between Phoebe Prue and Piper that like it's never gonna break you know they're still gonna be there for each other no matter what and I really love how like as much as like Phoebe you know I mean Phoebe and Prue do have their issues even behind Prue's back she's still defending her you know she's still like well that's my sister don't call her a bitch you know like their problems are between them and they still ha- they still care for each other a lot. So when someone comes and tries to say something about Prue, 
right there, Phoebe was quick to be like, hey, don't don't talk about my sister like that, you know? Yeah, I think it's very much that, you know, I could say anything I want about my sibling. I can call them a bitch. I can call them whatever I want. But the second someone else says something about them, I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Only That's I how- can do that. <laughs> That's how we are, I feel like, all of us siblings. Like, we can say whatever we want to each other, but if someone outside is going to talk about my siblings like that, especially a stranger, I'd be like, relax, like, let's calm down now. So after this, we cut to Quake, and Leo is walking in, and Piper comes up to him and is like, table for one, sir. And Leo says, wow, you own this place? And she says, no, (laughs) I just run it. (laughs) And then she brings him to a seat, and they kind of talk a little bit before Leo pulls out these stain samples to show her and Piper doesn't really care about the stain samples it was just her excuse to get him to come to the restaurant and she says great and just sits down with him and asks if he's hungry and he's like you're big on food huh and they just kind of start talking a little bit and then he asks if Phoebe works here too and Piper's like Phoebe work no 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 no. she's probably at her gay and lesbian group right now (laughs) (laughs) and um Leo's just like oh like okay and that's kind of how that scene ends see I think there's two ways to kind of read into that I know it's kind of an of the time joke to be like oh like Phoebe's a lesbian lol honestly I wish she were you know what we could use a some gay characters in the show so far we've seen none I don't know if we'll see any in the future but um, <laughs> you know it's it's kind of offensive a little bit like I get that it's being played as like an oh like Phoebe wouldn't be interested this is how I'm gonna win him over type of thing but I think some of like that happening isn't what's the huge deal right me being like oh Phoebe wouldn't like you back Phoebe's actually a lesbian okay fine But the way it then gets played off with Leo's so awkward about it later in the episode is what makes it kind of an offensive storyline, in my opinion. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Because I was watching it, and I was like, okay, well, it's not like... Like, it's definitely not something you could... You should joke about now. But, you know, maybe it was just like... It was obviously just Piper trying to kind of, like keep Leo for herself and be like oh don't worry about Phoebe like she does she's not into guys but then he gets really weird about it and it's like okay like oh like <laughs> oh, damn Leo that. why are you so homophobic <laughs> yikes so um this is a much longer scene we can kind of stop at points if you want to talk about things when we move between locations but um we're at the manor it's nighttime now Phoebe is showing Aviva around, which makes me wonder, how long was this car ride they went on? Because we're assuming they left school in the morning, because that's what Aviva called her, and now they're home and it's literally dark out, but, you know, whatever. So she asks if Phoebe likes Leo, and Phoebe says that she does. And Aviva's like, well, doesn't he like you? How could he not? You're so gorgeous. And I'm like, ooh, does Aviva have a crush on Phoebe? Because if so, like, that's cute. I like it. Obviously, (laughs) Phoebe and Aviva can't be together because Aviva's underage. But, like, good crush to have, Aviva. 
So I then would. what? Yeah, no, same. I would take any up op- with Alyssa Milano. I would take any opportunity. She's so gorgeous. No, literally. Imagine that like wasn't even in the script. <laughs> like, Aviva <laughs> was just like, "You're so gorgeous," and they were like, "Well, let's just leave it in there. It's fine. <laughs> kind of works." That's why I'm kind of like, are they trying to make us think that Aviva has a crush on Phoebe? Because I think in some of their interactions that we see throughout the episode, it can definitely be interpreted that way. You know, there's no scene where we actually come out and say it, but I think a lot of the interactions between us, it could either be read as kind of this like big sister type role or this kind of like crush that Aviva has on Phoebe. Yeah, because of the connection. Like they, mm-hmm. they kind of right away click right off the bat because they have, they, they've kind of both been in the same general situation before and felt the same, been that outcast wannabe, like a badass type person, just kind of like, you'll see does she, uh, we haven't gotten to it yet, but yeah, you, you can just see more that like they both kind of have felt that way at Aviva's age. Yeah, definitely. So that's when Phoebe kind of after that mentions that she's having this little competition with Piper because they both like Leo. And then Aviva picks up Kit and she takes a seat and she says, well, Phoebe should just cast a spell on him. I mean, you're a witch. You have powers, right? And Phoebe says, yeah, so how do you know that? And then it's kind of like you promised you would tell. And Aviva says that she has this teacher who's another witch, sort of like a high priestess, and she's the one that told her. And Phoebe says that she'd like to meet this teacher that Aviva has. And Aviva says, where is your room? Upstairs? Wink, wink. There's something I want to show you. (laughs) (laughs) See, like moments like that, you can interpret it that way. And another thing I wanted to point out, because I was thinking this when I was watching it, like... Phoebe is just not like we already pointed out it's weird that it's nighttime now and Phoebe's just now asking her how she knows about the powers and uh what what's her name Aviva's just now telling her that she has this mentor like what were you guys talking about the entire time you were together because that would have been like my first question (laughs) literally literally how are you just hearing about this now so Uh, So then we're in Phoebe's room, and Aviva is standing in front of the mirror, and she's putting on more lipstick. She says, I like mirrors. They never lie to you. They always tell the truth, whether you like it or not. And Phoebe kind of comments on her shade of lipstick, and Aviva says that it's black, like her soul. And that's kind of when they have that bonding moment that you were talking about before, where they both feel different. They like living on the edge. That's kind of the connection they share that scene that was like one of the scenes I was talking about when I'm like okay they're trying really hard to make it sound like that stereotypical it's basic black the color of my soul like ew that reminds me of like you know the goth kids in South Park that's like exactly how they talk (laughs) like that's how yeah that's how it like tries to get portrayed as you know that's like the stereotypical goth chick thing to say that's like the thing people will say to make fun of them it's funny because like I love dark lipstick and like I love that it's back sometimes like in college I was doing dark lips for a while like it looks so good Mm -hmm. I have like 
when I do lipstick, I think I think I look better in dark lipstick. Not like I don't do black lipstick, but like a like a maroon or like a darker kind of purple-ish pink is really pretty to me. Like I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've done like a very 90s color, like that dark brown color, and I've also done like a dark purple and I like the way both those colors look. Yeah. I've always thought they were very pretty. And another thing, I I just wanted to point out the whole like mirror thing. I thought that was actually kind of a like like huh, that's true. <laughs> like mirrors never lie to you. And I'm like, wow, she she got a point there. Yeah, definitely. And so then we're downstairs. Prue enters the house. She's kind of yells anybody home. She gets no response and she kind of whispers, better not be, because you know she has her plans with Andy. That's when we cut back to Phoebe's room. Her and Aviva are sitting on the floor and they're holding hands. Aviva looks over at the mirror and we see Callie flash into the mirror. And Aviva says she's giving it to you too. And Phoebe seems confused for a second, but then Aviva pulls over the plant and tells Phoebe to touch it. When Phoebe touches it, it instantly grows and some flowers bloom. Aviva tells her that it's the power of heat. And that's when Prue enters the room and they start to get up and Aviva's freaking out. She's like, get out. This is Phoebe's room. And Phoebe's kind of like, it's fine. And Aviva's like, she treats you worse than my aunt treats me. And Phoebe says, it's okay. Relax. And that's when the bell rings and Prue goes out of the room very quickly. We see Phoebe following after her. That's when... Andy is at the door, and when he sees Phoebe, he says, let me guess, rain check? This is getting ridiculous. And that's when Aviva comes down as well, and Prue's trying to kind of save this by saying, tomorrow, quake, one o'clock. And Andy, once again, says that he'll be there. He says, okay. Phoebe starts apologizing to Prue, telling her that she forgot. And that's when Prue asks what Aviva is doing there. Aviva says that Prue will never understand, and Aviva leaves, and we see on Prue's face that Prue's really angry about everything that just happened. Yeah. So there, I feel like Aviva was way too forward with Prue. Like, this is still a complete stranger to you. Even Phoebe is. How are you, like, she, because she instantly was like, get out of her room. This isn't your room. And was, like, arguing with her downstairs, and like, bitch, you're crazy. What? You don't talk to people like that when you first meet them. I totally agree. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's part of it is reflecting, one, her age, and two, the fact that this is how she feels in her own life, and sometimes it's easier to stand up for someone else than it is to stand up for yourself. So in kind of defending Phoebe, she's really talking about all the things that bother her in her own life. That's true. Yeah, no, I didn't look at it like that. That's a that's a good point. Do you have anything else to say about that scene? Um, except for the pain between the whole Andy and Prue encounters, like oh, I know, I'm just like just so bad. And also, another thing I was thinking was like, in these situations, like the past two times, Prue doesn't really have to kick Andy out. Like, what did you do? Aviva, he, you were like, rain check, we'll see you tomorrow at Quake, and Aviva left a minute later. 
Like, what did you do? You could have still hung out with Andy. And the night before, you already were planning to kick Aviva out, and you girl, like the three of you sisters, obviously didn't even start talking about Aviva till the next morning because you saw those scenes. And it's like, so what'd you do? You just kicked him out and went to bed. Like, why didn't you just let him stay? And kind of the other question I have, like, even if all that's going on and it's kind of like, oh, well, now you know, Prue and or uh, Phoebe and Piper can't leave. I'm eighty percent sure that Andy lives alone. Why can't they just go to Andy's apartment? Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. He totally does. He does. He lives by himself. Why are you? <laughs> There's no need for them to keep coming to the house where all the trouble seems to be. I feel like that, like, they could have figured it out, you know, like, Prue didn't have to keep ditching him for for no reason. And then, like, she's over here feeling super guilty after, and it's like, well, why did you do that then? Yeah, it could have very easily been like, oh, like, Phoebe's friend is here. She's in crisis. Why don't we just head back to your house together instead? Like, yeah. very simple solution. Exactly. Or like, hey, give me a minute. I just need to tell Phoebe something real quick. And then, you know, I'll be right with you. Like, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. And then we go back to Aviva's house and she's in there around the candles talking to Callie. And Callie is basically telling her if there were no Prue, there'd be no more issues. And Aviva says, I hate her and I wish she were dead. <laughs> and then that's when Jackie knocks on her door and asks who's in there with her. And she kind of bursts in and asks why she skipped school today. And Aviva yells at her to get out of her room. And Jackie sees the candles in the altar and is like, what the hell is going on in here? And Aviva says, get out and leave me alone or else. And that's when Aviva's kind of pointing her finger while yelling at Aunt Jackie. And Callie in the mirror kind of forces the power out of her and makes Aviva light Jackie's clothes on fire. And so Jackie's clothes are on fire and she's kind of screaming, backing up, trying to put it out. And she backs out of the room and falls down the stairs. <laughs> It was, it was a pretty dramatic scene. <laughs> she's there, like, screaming. Aviva's like, Aunt Jackie, Aunt Jackie. And she's, like, on fire and then falls down the stairs and passes out. And she's, you can just see Aviva is very, like, sad and scared, kind of, because Aunt Jackie's passed out on the floor. And then kind of, like, cuts to the ambulance being there to pick up Aunt Jackie and taking her out, and Aviva goes back upstairs uh, to Callie and says she told the police that the candle caught on fire and Aunt Jackie fell down the stairs. And Aviva is stressed out and says, like, what, did I, what have I done? I didn't mean to hurt her. And that as soon as Jackie wakes up, she'll tell them what happened, so she's got to get out of here. And which, by the way, was like, okay, bitch, like, why do you care more about yourself? Like, you just almost killed your aunt, but whatever. And then Callie says, no, she must go back to the Halliwells and complete what she started and tells her basically to use her power and kill Prue to take her place in the power of three. And Avi and tells her, you know, don't disappoint me, Aviva. And Aviva's like, she, you can tell she's like scared, kind of iffy, but she's like, pretty easily convinced so you can tell she's just kind of gonna go with it yeah so I have a lot of thoughts on this scene 
first, you know, Aunt Jackie falling down the stairs reminds me of like Bollywood soap opera drama. Like, have you ever seen clips from that? <laughs> that was what came to my head too. I was thinking the same thing. Reminds me of like a dramatic soap opera, just the way she t- tumbled down. Like, <laughs> my other thought is okay, so the EMTs arrive to take Aunt Jackie away, right? Why are they leaving this underage girl at the house by herself and not asking her to go stay with a relative, like another relative or something? Yeah, they wouldn't just do that. And the cops should be there to interview her right away if a, like, accident happened at the house. Um, But it's literally just the EMTs that we see there. I'm surprised that, you know, Andy and Daryl weren't there interviewing at the house. I know, right? This is the first crime scene we've had that Andy and Daryl were not there for. I guess it's not a homicide yet, so they weren't there. Oh my god. Do you have anything else for that one? No, I mean, I, I pretty much feel the same way you do about kind of Callie's interaction with her here. I think we see a lot of fear in Aviva, you know, that she's gonna get in trouble and something's gonna go wrong. And then we get that she's more afraid of kind of like Callie being mad at her than she is of whatever could actually come from this. Yeah, I feel like at this point she kind of, well, we know she pretty much feels like Callie is the only one that she has, this mentor for her, so she's not going to just back away and be so ready to lose Callie, you know, over, over anything. And so she's pretty easily, and this was what I was talking about before when I said how she's willing to do a lot for Callie and this is one of them like Callie's pretty much telling her to kill Prue and Aviva's gonna do it just because she told her to you know and she's so desperate for this connection yeah it kind of reminds me of like I've watched a lot of you know shows and read about kind of like the cult mentality and the way these kind of like charismatic cult leaders who are offering you everything to convince you to do these really awful things that you normally would be able uh, or would never do regularly. And I think that that's kind of the mindset that Aviva has here where she'll basically do anything Callie asks, like she might question it at first, but she's not going to question it that hard. Yeah, like it's going to be easy to get her to do these things it is that mentality and I feel like also part of it is like I mean you see in these people they want to kind of prove themselves and show that like I am willing to go the distance for you I am willing to go the distance to get what I want and I'm gonna prove that to you you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so definitely so then we're at the manor and they're all in the kitchen Phoebe gives tea to Aviva And Aviva's telling Prue that she knows she doesn't like her, but she has no one else to go to. Piper is just getting off the phone and says that she talked to someone at the hospital and that her Aunt Jackie is there. She has a broken arm and a concussion, um, but that she'll be okay. And Aviva asks to spend the night and says she'll tell them everything they want to know in the morning. Phoebe says that Aviva can stay in her room and Prue says, okay, but no magic. And Aviva says, I swear. So then we cut upstairs where we see Phoebe asleep in her bed. And Aviva is on the futon kind of next to that bed. And she's awake. 
and Callie appears in the mirror and she says, now is the time. So Aviva gets up and goes out into the hallway. We get another close-up shot of Callie in the mirror with all the flames, just in case we forgot that Callie was evil. And she (laughs) then goes out and opens the door to Prue's bedroom. We see Prue is there sleeping with her lamp turned on. Piper walks up behind Aviva just as she's starting to like prepare her arm to kill Prue. And she asks what Aviva is doing. And Aviva says that she was just looking for the bathroom. Piper tells her it's down the hall. And once Aviva's kind of gone around the corner, Piper opens the door and sees that Prue is fine. And even though it seems like she might have some questions, she kind of lets it go for the moment. Yeah. She she definitely was a little suspicious, and that's why she wanted to check on Prue, but, you know, she wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> Piper won't do shit. <laughs> so then we go to the next day, and Prue is talking to Phoebe and saying that she's going to go see Aunt Jackie in the hospital. And that's when Aviva comes down and kind of runs into Leo walking by, and then Prue tells Aviva the same thing, that she's going to go to the hospital to let Aunt Jackie know where she is and that they can talk when she gets back. And Aviva says, yeah, sure. And and Prue leaves, and Phoebe and Aviva go to get some food in the kitchen. Yep. Don't really have anything to say about yeah, that no, scene. no, not really. No. So then we cut to the hospital, where... Aunt Jackie's in the bed and Prue is there talking to her. She's very confused about why Aviva is staying with them because she has absolutely no clue who Prue is. And Prue kind of mentions that they just met Aviva and that she actually had found their cat and returned her to them. And Jackie says, oh, that's what she was hiding in her closet. You're lucky she didn't sacrifice the poor thing. And Prue kind of is letting her go off about this. Jackie says that Aviva's into black magic, and Prue asks her why she thinks that. And Jackie says that she hears her chanting, and sometimes she swears she hears another voice talking back. Prue is definitely taking an interest in all of that, and she asks if it's okay if she goes by the house to pick up some things for Aviva, and Jackie says yes, and that's where we end that scene. So, here's the thing that I'm also a little confused about. I mean, even Aviva was like, hey, when she wakes up, she's going to tell everyone what happened. I got to get out of here. And now Prue's going to the hospital to see Aunt Jackie, and Aunt Jackie doesn't even mention that. Like, that Aviva literally lit her on fire. (laughs) I'm wondering if, because, you know, they mentioned that she had a concussion, maybe she doesn't remember what happened. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying there. But it was just like, well, I felt like that was something that I would have said. I would have been like, yo, be careful around her because I'm pretty sure she caught me on fire. But yeah, she probably doesn't remember because of the concussion. Yeah, either that or she's trying to protect Aviva, but I don't really read that from their relationship. So I'm going to go with the first idea that she probably just doesn't remember what happened. Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like she's trying to protect Aviva at all because she's pretty quick to tell this complete stranger all these issues that she has with Aviva and is, like, quick to be like, you know, I'm just watching her until her mom comes home, you know? Like, this isn't something that either of us want. So 
Then we cut to Quake, and this scene is super sad to me. And Piper walks up to Andy, who's sitting at a table there waiting for Prue. And she says that she can't get a hold of Prue, but she'll keep trying. And Andy's, like, obviously upset and says, okay, thanks for trying, and gets up ready to leave. And Piper says, I'm sure there's a perfectly good explanation. And Andy's like, you want to bet? And puts money down and walks out of the restaurant angrily. So that's really sad. (laughs) Again, this is the third time in a row. And it just, poor Andy, breaks my heart. Um, And I think it reminds me of what you said a few episodes ago that like, you know, if you were dating someone and they were acting like this, like you would assume this person hates you and is not interested in you. And I think Andy's finally reaching that point because we see her, him kind of like giving her these chances again and again. And now he's just kind of like, well, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And we'll see that, you know, in the end when they see each other again, we'll see that because he basically says that too. Okay, so then we go back to Aviva's house and Prue is walking into Aviva's room and is just kind of looking around and she looks in her closet and sees like candles and altar stuff on the ground there and then Callie kind of appears in the mirror for a split second and then goes away when Prue turns around and then Prue sees Aviva's diary under her bed and goes to it she reads a section in her diary that's kind of talking about how Kelly says they're close to Callie says they're close to taking over the Halliwell coven and I hate lying to them. And Prue puts puts the diary down and calls Phoebe and tells her to tell Piper to come home and that she's on her way because there's big things to worry about and to not let Aviva out of her sight no matter what. And Phoebe is just kind of like, <laughs> Phoebe's channel is just like, okay, and they hang up the phone. <laughs> and then, oh, and then of course, After Prue leaves the room, we see Callie again in her demonic, fiery form for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. So um, how convenient is it that, you know, it just opens right to the page that says, we're taking over the Halliwell Coven. I hate lying to them. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, exactly. But at least it, it showed Prue. Prue was able to pick up right away, like, oh, you know, someone is manipulating Aviva to do these bad things. Yeah. So then we cut to the manor, and Phoebe kind of says that Prue's on her way home, and we'll all talk when she gets here. And Aviva kind of says, oh, I'm not feeling too well. Is it okay if I go lie down while we wait? And Phoebe's like, yeah, sure, like, go for it. Um, So not at all taking Prue's warning seriously. I know. So then we cut to Phoebe's room upstairs, where Aviva grabs her bag, and she sneaks out of that room into Prue's room. Then downstairs, we see Leo and Phoebe having a conversation. Leo mentions that he's finished and he's about to go to another house to give them an estimate, but that he'll be back tomorrow to make sure that everyone's happy with the work he's done. She's obviously upset that he's leaving and then he's kind of staring at her and he's like, just out of curiosity, are you and Aviva? And then they're kind of walking into the kitchen And he says that Piper mentioned something, but never mind. And she says, what did Piper say? And he was like, I need some water. We cut back up to Prue's room where we see Aviva setting up her little altar with the candles. And then back in the kitchen, we see 
Phoebe says Piper is on medication from her shrinks and she touches a jacket and has a vision of Aviva killing Prue. Leo announces that Prue is home and Phoebe immediately rushes out of the room. In Prue's room, we see Aviva with her little setup. The door opens and she throws a flame. It's Phoebe who was there and the sweater catches on fire. Aviva gets up and she's freaking out. Phoebe stomps out the fire and Aviva apologizes and then runs out of the room. So thoughts on this scene. Um, First of all, I want to comment on, okay, so we have the sisters making some very, like, inappropriate reasons for Leo to not be interested in them. So first we have kind of the lesbian jokes and the offensiveness of that. And then we have the fact that Piper has some type of mental health issue and that being a reason not to date her as well. So it's kind of like you're playing on these, you know, either sexualities or mental health issues for laughs, which is fucked up. I agree. I was thinking that too when I saw it because... And the way they have to have Leo kind of be like, or the way Leo's kind of like, oh, shrinks, or oh, gay and lesbian meeting, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, but like, it's really, it's fucked up, because these are things that aren't, these aren't reasons why you shouldn't want to be with someone, you know? Well, I mean, I guess, obviously, if they're lesbian, then not interested but you know what I mean like it's just it's offensive (laughs) yeah I mean maybe Phoebe is bisexual we don't know exactly you never know and then as far as the you know kind of Phoebe and Aviva stuff that happens here I feel really bad for Aviva in this moment I know that you know she was obviously trying to kill Prue But I think we both know that it isn't really what she wanted, right? It's something she's doing because she feels like she has to. And so I do feel bad for her, even though she's clearly doing a really horrible thing in that moment. Yeah. I do too, because, uh, yeah, like you said, as much as she's doing this really bad thing, we know that it's not something that she wants to do. It's something that she's being manipulated into. And also, I feel like here, Phoebe did not have to let her run away that easily. Like, you could have stopped her. You let her run right out the door past you and, like, escape. <laughs> yeah. Which was like, okay, go go chase her. Like, she's obviously trying to kill your sister. Also, like, when Aviva was running out, did she not run into Prue? True, because like, Prue well, is in the house. Like, it just... Yeah. So that was a little confusing, but it's all right. Then we go to the sisters and Leo in the kitchen, and Piper says that maybe they should take Phoebe to the hospital because the fire burnt her arm a little bit. And Phoebe says, no, it's not that bad. So Leo asks her how it happened, and Phoebe said that it was the candles that Aviva Aviva had lit in the room that caught the sweater on fire and burnt her, and then she ran out of the house. And then... Prue and Phoebe are both kind of, like, telling Leo, like, oh, you know, we got this, like, I'm okay, you can go, and so Leo leaves, 
and Prue asks what really happened, and Phoebe tells them, her and Piper, what happened, you know, with the premonition, and says that Prue is right about Aviva being evil. And Prue says, actually, she's not, but she is being used by an evil spirit, and I think I know which one. So she starts to walk away to go look in the Book of Shadows, and the girls follow her upstairs. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess other than the straight plot stuff that happens in this yeah. scene, the only thing that's kind of sweet here is, you know, as Leo's leaving, he's kind of like, I'll stop by later to check on you and make sure you're okay. I wanted to pretend that didn't happen. Because <laughs> I think, I mean, I think Leo's making it pretty clear right now that it's Piper that he's interested in. Um, we're kind of seeing that in the different ways he act interacts. He seems much more interested when Piper flirts with him than when Phoebe does. So I think it's more of a friendly thing and kind of showing he cares about the sisters. Yeah, and it is a sweet thing. But it also, like, like earlier at the restaurant when he was like, oh, does Phoebe work here too? And it's like, why are you bringing up Phoebe right now? Making it weird. But yeah, I want you're him, right. I want I want him to be interested in Piper, so I'm just avoiding that for the moment. <laughs> so then we go to Aviva's room again, and she's packing up her stuff. Callie asks her what she's doing, and Aviva says she doesn't want to be a witch anymore. She wants to get out of here. She can't believe what she did, and Callie says. Well, before you go, you need to say goodbye to me. Touch the mirror. It's okay. I'm not upset. If you touch the mirror, I'll go away too. So Aviva agrees to do this. And when she does, some type of power goes through Aviva. And then Aviva turns around and we see those kind of like demon eyes that Callie has. So we know that Callie has now possessed Aviva. I thought it was, but I guess it makes sense. I was thinking like, why... <laughs> That was such a weird thing for her to ask. Like, why would you agree to touch the mirror? Because she was just like, okay, touch the mirror. Say goodbye. Touch the mirror. And it was like, obviously something's about to go down if you do that. <laughs> yeah. My only thought is maybe she thought, like, that was how she had to return her power since she doesn't yeah. want to be a witch anymore. But, yeah, it was sus AF. <laughs> it was definitely really weird. But, I mean, Aviva went for it easily convinced so then we cut back to the manor and the sisters are in the attic looking for Callie in the book of shadows uh, and they find her and see that to get rid of her they have to shatter her own reflection and then that's when Aviva bursts in the door and she's very obviously possessed because of her eyes and the way she's acting and Phoebe's like you're not Aviva and she's like you're not kidding and throws throws a like fire at the girls and then she's kind of just the girls are like ducking and she's kind of throwing fire at them and then she says that my power is greater than yours crew it's only a matter of time and then phoebe's like oh time piper freeze her and piper's like but aviva doesn't freeze and she says yeah but callie will and that's so piper freezes her and callie freezes and aviva kind of like falls out of her and isn't frozen and they uncover a mirror and Prue uses her power to move Callie back to the mirror and um, Phoebe grabs this I don't know she grabs something and shatters it while Callie's in it and that 
kind of vanquishes Callie. And then, okay, well, that's that's the end of that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty confused with this scene. Not confused, but it was like, it didn't really make sense. First of all, it didn't make sense that Aviva didn't freeze to begin with. Because obviously she's not actually a witch, you know? I think she technically is, as long as she possesses the power. I think what Aviva's studying is witchcraft. But it does kind of get complicated because, like, if Callie's evil, Aviva's powers are evil. So it is definitely a confusing plot That's line that doesn't you. necessarily work. It wasn't, it wasn't a witch's power. You know, and it's like if you're using Callie's power and that's like, like if you have Callie in you or whatever she's giving you, then that doesn't, and like, you should still be able to freeze if Callie's going to freeze, you know? And also it's not, this is the only time they've ever frozen someone possessed to get that possession out of them and like have the person fall out. Like, I mean, obviously... I don't, I mean, this isn't too much of a spoiler. There's more possessions in the future in the show, and this never happens again because it doesn't really work like that. But, you know, plot's sake. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, and I think we'll notice it a lot in season one, where they kind of establish these ideas, and then they get broken later on the show when they actually decide what they want the rules to be, and they kind of hope we just forget that these other things happened in season one. We'll notice it with certain things about the Book of Shadows that we'll talk about in later episodes, Um, but definitely with this possession and freezing power and how it works type of deal. I also wonder if, I mean, I guess it shows resourcefulness on Phoebe and Piper's part, kind of like uncovering the mirror and saying to freeze them and everything. But again, it it is kind of a plot hole about how their powers work and what the rules of the universe are. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking that, so I didn't, I don't know. It's, it's all right. It's definitely, I think you're right. It's just season one. They're still kind of establishing how they want all these different things to work in the show. And I guess they just didn't know another way out of that situation, so. Yeah. <laughs> So then we go to Phoebe's bedroom where Aviva is standing in front of the mirror. She's wearing a dress and she now has on very light makeup. Um, she thanks Phoebe for the dress and Phoebe's kind of like, no problem, it's Prue's. And Aviva says that looking into a mirror will never feel the same. And Phoebe mentions that the demon is gone. And Aviva says, unfortunately, all the other ones still remain. And Phoebe's kind of like, it's all going to be okay. Just be yourself. I went through all of this at your age. You're going to be fine. Um, You have your mom who you're going to see soon. And your aunt is coming home tomorrow. And she's kind of just reassuring Aviva about things. Aviva says that she will miss being a witch. But she also seems kind of ready to return to her normal life. Phoebe makes her promise that she'll keep the secret for the sisters. And of course, she says that she will. So here is where you also can really see how Phoebe relates to Aviva and how she went through the same things when she was her age and she's finally saying it. And I think that was one of the things that made it so 
like it, I th I liked the way they added that connection, you know, that relatability because that was how Phoebe was growing up and that's how Aviva is now. And they brought this character into their lives. And I think it just, that's why Phoebe was so quick to like defend her and be there for her and want to take care of her because she sees herself, you know? Yeah, definitely. So then we cut to Prue outside of Andy's house and she, they kind of like pull up at the same time and he's trying to walk in the house and like, avoid her basically and she's trying to talk to him and apologize but he's pissed off and this is when he says obviously one of us is more interested in this relationship than the other and Prue's like that's not true and Andy's like well how come I'm always the one left standing there looking like a jerk and Prue says I can explain and he says no you can't or you won't and then he starts walking away and then he's like damn it Prue I still love you I'm not saying you need to explain everything all to me, but it just hurts that you don't trust me enough. And she comes up and says that she does trust him and that it has nothing to do with him. It's just something that she doesn't know if she can ever share with anybody. And he said, I hope that's not true for your sake. All I know is there's nothing I can say or do to assure you that I'm there for you. Uh, and Prue asks if he's saying that he doesn't want to see her anymore. And he says that he doesn't know what he wants anymore and walks away. And that's how the episode ends. It's really sad. The past, like, two episodes in a row, we were, like, having it end on such a good note for Prue and Andy. And now it's this, like, them basically ending their relationship. Yeah. And, you know, this scene, it really hit me hard, this watch. I mean, I'll get a little personal, you know, about this, but, like, a relationship I was in actually ended because the person I was dating felt that I wasn't capable of being like vulnerable enough with them um and obviously you know for me that wasn't related to me having some secret about being a witch yeah. but I definitely get how this could happen in a real relationship not just because of this but because of anything that's like hard for you to open up about and kind of how that trust and that openness that we have seen at times between Prue and Andy, when that can't be fully there, it really can shatter what could be such an amazing relationship. Yeah, 100%. And it's really sad because, you know, like we've mentioned before, Prue has a hard time trusting people. It's not easy for her. And Andy really is the only other person outside of the sisters that Prue does trust that we see that she trusts and is willing to share just about anything with him you know like obviously except for this big secret which it really sucks because we know how much it devastates her that she can't share it with him and that it's hurting him and she doesn't want that because she genuinely does love him and genuinely does like want this relationship to work and it's so sad because here you can just see how much Andy really does care about her and love her too because even when he was like trying to end the conversation and walk away he stops himself and is like damn it Prue I still love you and it's like oh that part hurt really bad that was rough yeah and I think it's really hard to see like the conflict here that Prue is really facing kind of between this loyalty to her family versus this love she has for Andy and this want to keep him in her life and have to make that decision about can I tell him this secret 
or do I lose him forever? Which minor spoiler is something that will be explored in the next episode. But I like the way they're setting up the end of this episode for what's going to come next week. Yeah, I was thinking that. That's, I mean, I assume that's why they kind of put so much of this Andy and crew, you know, like this situation happening in this episode, because in the next episode, we kind of see how Prue goes about handling that and making that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I don't know, not my favorite episode. I don't know why. I've just never really, like, been a big fan. Aviva kind of annoys me in this episode, even though I understand. And I think this time around, you know, after discussing it, too, I am able to appreciate it a little more. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just never been one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say this is my favorite episode, but I've always liked it. It's not an episode, you know, I've ever kind of been like, oh, I'm not looking forward to watching this one. Like, it's not one where I was like, I can't wait to talk about it, but it's not one where I was like, wish we could yeah. skip over it. <laughs> right, right. No, I get it. Exactly. Okay, well, did you have anything else to add for it? Um, I think I'll just say that kind of looking back on an older show like this, when we see some of these social issues come up that are usually better handled today, it is a very weird experience to watch it, and for any first-time viewers, I'd be really curious to hear what your thoughts are about these type of plot lines and the way they're handled in the show. Right, yeah. Me too. I guess we'll never be able to understand it from that type, kind of perspective. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Join us back next time for season one, episode eight, The Truth is Out There and It Hurts.